Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Bit of a treat this week, we get to interview, or I get to interview Ralph Haber from uh, Heads for the Dead, Rock Pit and Rebel in Flesh. Um, he's one of my favourite singers, as you know, if you listen to the show. Um, I love their product, I love everything they do. Um, it just touches me in a right place where musically should. That sounds a bit naughty, doesn't it? But you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Maybe I should... You know, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, his language, his first language is German, so please do bear with him. Sometimes there's a few pauses because um, he's trying to get his head around the language. But he interviewed beautifully. Such a nice guy. Such a such a talented guy. Um, hope you enjoy the show. I really enjoyed interviewing him. Um, chat to you later on. Now for Ralph Haber and from Heads for the Dead. Hang on. Uh, so, um, Ralph, how are you going? Good, good at the moment. Yes, I'm doing well. Ready for your questions. <laughs> so, I'm with Ralph Halber uh, from uh, Heads for the Dead and Rot Pit and uh, Rebel in Flesh, and uh, he's one of my favourite singers uh, at the moment. Has been for some time in a very uh, interesting way. Um, he's one of the. He, what would you say you do horror horror death metal which is that you say your style of music my head for the dead uh concept is about uh, mixing horror movie elements with death metal yeah yeah and so um transferring the atmosphere from a horror movie into a death metal kind of package yeah i mean i think it's it goes hand in hand really well doesn't it because horror movies and death metal are really kind of synergy haven't they of course, of course, it's uh, the bands did it already in the late '80s, so it still works. <laughs> it, it does. Well, you know, the, the, <laughs> the horror but, never stops. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, your latest release, "In the Absence of Faith," which is a mini uh, EP, uh, mini LP, um, I think is your best work with that band. Uh, for me, I, I really, really think you've polished it so well. You know. Is it your? Is it one of your favorite? Do you think it's come out well for you? Are you happy with it? 
Um, it's always hard to pick up a, a favorite, but in mm. the absence of faith, it's like a closed chapter because all songs on this mini LP are under the concept of uh, losing faith or losing your belief, which is a common topic in horror movies. And the music um, on this mini LP was more focused on a melodic and more movie type of atmosphere. So it slightly differs from the previous albums, but uh, it still feels like being uh, Heads for the Dead release. Yeah, I've t that's what I thought because it really was a sort of a, a different um, a sort of sidestep from the conjuring, um, the great conjuring, the conjuration, sorry, um, which is your last full length LP. Um, I just thought like track for track on it. I, I picked up that it was about that concept straight away, but the particularly for me, the possession just brilliant. It's my, my single of the year. Yeah, that's nice. Glad that you like it. It's um our Mike Oldfield tribute, so to oh, say. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and um, it came out uh, nearly the same period when the Exorcist movie uh, re-release came out at the cinemas as well. So, But this was not intended. It was um, a combination of uh, luck and being there at the right time. So I think it really hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just blown away because I'd, I'd listened to... Um, the snippets you sent out as singles before the uh, EP came out. And, um, you know, I, I mean, up to that point, for me, um, I think your second album was my fa was my favourite. Uh, but Slash and Roll, you can't... I mean, listeners who haven't listened to your stuff and who listen to my show should go and... I did do an episode on, on your... Um, on The Great Conjuration, but they should definitely listen to Slash and Roll. I think that's another classic of your... Uh, the was also um, like a close concept mini album mm. Mm. based on the slasher movies we like most mm. and uh, musically it was more like um, death and roll mixed yes. with, with punk and horror elements and uh, I was uh, really as well inspired by um, Wolverine Blues from Entombed in some yes. way yes. in some way but mixed up with um, you know, you have the remotes cover, you have the Misfits cover, and you have the um, little atmospheric elements in there too. So yeah. it's, uh, it really feels as well like a closed chapter being dedicated to the horror and rock and roll, so to say. Yeah, I've, I, again, I also, the packaging is so beautiful. I know that, I know that, you know, you don't listen to the packaging, but when I got that in the mail from, uh, from because you were with Transcending Obscurity at the time, Yes, and um, I was just blown away by the the artwork. is just fantastic on that on that e little EP. You know, I think it's one of my favorites of the three of all of them. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. Um, it's also our uh, vision to always have a, like a complete package that the the music and the artwork goes hand in hand, mm. and that um, have an eye catcher on the cover. It's really important. Yeah, it is. I think In the Absence of Faith was a great one. I'm not sure. I look at that picture all the time and trying to work out what I'm looking at. You know, it, it's quite an interesting cover for the latest one. That's a challenging one. It uh, has been an idea of Johnny to use this cover. He created it from a tattoo he had and uh, many effects on it. It's, uh, it's done in a modern way. Um, 
you know, art is always something like uh, take it or leave it. Yeah, from, yeah. And um, we wanted to do something new, progress with new colors, progress with new elements um, to go forward. Even with the great conjuration, we already started to um, change the color patterns of the art itself. Mm. We went more to a yellow purple setting and this time to more brown setting. In the first album, we had, uh, you know, the, um, the red, white, black setting. Yes. So then we a new release, um, a new kind of setting to uh, give it a fresh breath. Yeah, yeah, because... Obviously. I agree with you because um, when I was looking at the latest one, it did feel it. It very it sums up the um, album very well. The artwork, particularly this, as you said, the absence of faith. I really like um, the little nuances you put in, like of course the tubular bells in possession, which was, you know, made me smile as soon as that came on. I was like, yeah, I got the goosebumps. You know, I was like watching The Exorcist again, and then you know all the sort of like audio clips. Was that hard to get? that onto the work? I think Johnny is uh, really dedicated into the songwriting. He has uh, his own mindset when writing the songs. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, he also had a really good vision um, what kind of drum beats fit to his riffing. And then we um, worked together with um, Matt from Sentient Horror from the States who does mm. um, all the solo work and he's a um, fantastic guitar player and transfers the basic compositions on the next level, adding a, a sort of highlight to it within the songs, with his solos yeah. and reaching a, um, a new dimension to the songwriting process. Yeah. And I have my vocals um, embedded in the structures and behind um, around the solos and leads and atmospheric stuff. So it's like a puzzle you sit, you sit together. Because mm, I really, I thought that Matt's solos was fantastic on this last EP, just brilliant. Very rock and roll, which was a slightly different, which I liked as well. Yeah, he's uh, pretty much influenced by, you know, more uh, classical rock metal guitarists. Um, he likes a lot, uh, you know, old Megadeth solos and uh, Randy Rhodes and stuff like this. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So... I mean, it's an interesting mix because all the people in your band have all been, uh, they've got so much history of other bands have been in. I mean, how did you find your, your voice is very distinct, very distinct, I find when I listen to it. I can know your voice as I hear it. How did you find that sound? Was it hard to find? Um, you mean now um, the combination of all people together or? Uh, your vocals, your vocals. Your vocals. Yeah. I think... Um, Back in time before um, we founded Revel and Flesh, I was in a band called Immortal Rights. And uh, we did more some kind of melodic death metal. And I've done some backup vocals there. And I realized, okay, maybe I have a stronger voice than the main vocalist and we can work on this. And then the band fall apart. We still had uh, song ideas left. And I thought, I want to go on making music and so let's try to record these old songs and there was no vocalist so i did the vocals so this is what uh, the first revel and flash album came together it was more like um recording 
some sort of ideas I couldn't realize with the old band anymore. And this was maybe the, the basic point where Revenant Flash started and I learned the vocals from zero, so to say. Wow, because it, it's very, it has that sense, you know, it, when you listen to your, when um, hopefully the listeners to the show go and listen to your stuff, particularly all the way through Revenant Flesh to Heads for the Dead, it, your voice is very dynamic in the respect that it's not, you know, where people get scared about death metal vocals, you know, oh, I, I can't understand. I can understand. I understand every word you say in your lyric, right? It's it's even though it's growling and aggressive and heavy, it's well enunciated, you know. That's the thing I'm really taking care about. That you um, you hear the the word, the single word. It's still mm. the pronunciation is still um, understandable. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes you hear the German, the German yeah. English. So yeah, yeah. I maybe okay. this make you this make you laugh, but uh, you know it's always. Believe it or not, when you, it's not your native language, it's sometimes really hard to to find the right words and to to also involve new words in your death metal vocabulary or how you how you like to spell it. So, yeah. but uh, I really take care that the people understand the at least the words. You know, we have a uh, we have a lot of extreme vocalists out there where the the vocals are just like a soundscape element. Yes. And and I I'm still inspired by you know the classical death metal vocalists like uh, David Vincent, Carl Willett, Dave Ingram, and um, Jan Gris from Gorefest back then, where you yeah. really could hear the words, you know, or yes. Chuck Schultz and yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Because I think it would be really sad because your lyrics are really good. I mean, again, I keep going back to the. Um, uh, the latest EP, but the lyrics are just brilliant. Name, you know, because I know all the movies that you uh, that you've that you've based them on. I've watched them all before right. I heard the songs. So when I heard the songs, I knew what you. I just knew you could tell that you you'd love the the movie and you wanted to relate in lyric, and it wasn't just a mindless, like you said, soundscape. You actually tell a story, you know. Yeah, so, um, yeah. the lyrics are absolutely based on the movies and their message of the movies. So mm -hmm. uh, it also helps me to, to write the, the lyrics when I uh, have more the movie concept in front of me and I do know some... The movie transfers a topic I really interested in, so it's um, also easier to write uh, lyrics about it. Yeah, because I felt that the the opening track uh, off of... Um of the new one, which is based on Heart of Darkness, am I right? Am I remember rightly? Am I getting that the right order? The movie Heart of Darkness? And the Heart of Darkness is basically uh, part of the apocalypse now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the Heart of Darkness was um, originally the book it was based on. Yes, I thought so, because I'm, I'm going, oh, I know that, and it's Apocalypse Now, which again is, um, it's a nice mix, because you go from that to the exorcist and you know it's it's a really yeah, but, you know, it's uh, the the um, apocalypse now is based as a war anti-war movie but it also has the concept about uh losing faith and reaching the edge of madness yes it does across down the river right yeah absolutely you're going yeah. down the river and uh <clears throat> into the heart of darkness. darkness it was i was truly honestly i 
I, I was blown away by it because I would, you know, on the Slash and Roll EP, you had one of my favorite slasher movies of all, which is Maniac, right? Which I yeah. think, I mean, which is one of those movies. I grew up in the 80s um, doing the video nasty thing and watching lots of very graphic horror movies when I was a kid. You know, all of the nasties, or the Fulci movies, the Dario Gento movies, I love them. But Maniac was one of those ones that always made me look a bit, ugh. You know, it is one of those movies that makes you uncomfortable. Even yeah. Tom Savini said that when he did the makeup effects, he felt a little bit uncomfortable, like he'd gone too far. And I think that you portray that in the music and that EP really well. Yeah, the, the movie is really um, scary. It is. <laughs> But you know, you you can really have scary neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can. And, 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 and each set piece is quite dramatically splashy and big. And I think that comes across in the music as well, you know. So also I love the Halloween. My daughter's a big Halloween fan, a big mm. f fan of John Carpenter's music. And yeah. when you, I sent her that, when you, you, that came out, I was like, gotta listen to this. <laughs> it was just so, it, it, it really um, summed up the movie so well. Thanks, thanks, thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do this, um, this mini LP. It came also out, uh, during the Corona pandemic and um, yes. we um, basically did two releases during the pandemic. It was Into the Red and Slash and Roll mm. EP and um, it was really uh, creative moments to focus on the songs, getting these lyrics together and um, get into the atmosphere of the songs. Do you, have, do you record remotely or all the rest of the band not far from you? Ah, the, the problem is uh, Johnny Peterson is located in Sweden. Uh, yes. In the north of Sweden, the Matt Moliti, who does uh, the solo work, is uh, located somewhere in the States. Right. And, um, the drama playing on The Absence of Faith is located in Bristol, UK. Ah. And, I, <laughs> and I'm uh, sitting here in the uh, south of Germany. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like the world it's, music. It's, yes. Um, You have to um, forget about the, the lovely picture you have of four or five people sitting in a rehearsal room and recording everything. Yeah, is that uh, the modern way you think now? Yeah. Everybody uh, works a little bit on his own and it works um, for me as a vocalist and a lyric writer, it works really well because and I can listen to the music, get into it and get into my world to create the lyrics, to get into the mood and then I book a local studio here and do the vocals. Oh, and nice. Then yeah, I send yeah. up files to Johnny and Johnny uh, does the mix and mastering of the stuff. He adds um, certain effects or um, help me to do different settings of the vocals or stuff like mm. this. He's also a vocalist on his own, so he knows um, how things work. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't come across like that. You know, I was talking to Tony Doolin from Venom Inc. a little while ago, and they recorded during the, their last album during the pandemic, Everyone's All Over the World. Yeah. And and I was sort of a bit concerned that it would be flat because you're not dynamically together. But it doesn't come across that way at all. You know, sometimes you have bands, when you listen to the albums, then you hear that they are rehearsal room writing bands. Ah. Uh. Expensive, when you hear that, but you have also a lot of good written music, which are um, 
which is written from people all over the world, not placed in one room, and it still feels good. You know, yes. it's uh, it's also the way how how do you like to produce music, how do you like to write music, and what kind of feeling do you like to transfer? If you really like to do a, some kind of um, rehearsal room vibe or sound, then you need a more um, combined connection with more people in one room. But if you like to uh, have um, a mix which is more uh, clear, more separated, then it's really no problem to work um, on distance. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, again, I think that's the, we're lucky in the modern world, aren't we, because of computer technology and the speed of internet that's, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where did you meet the band? Did you meet them in other from other bands or? Um, with um, Johnny Peterson, I did the split with his uh, band Boombas with Urban and Flash. I think this was like um, 2015 or 2016, and we have written a lot during that time, and also about music, about movies, and came to the conclusion of doing somewhere some music together. Then he was in Germany visiting Summer Breeze Festival. He stayed at my place and we talked, blah, blah, drank a few beers. And then more or less the, the idea of doing something musically together has grown. He has started songwriting. I have done the vocals. And yes, this was the birthplace of Heads for the Dead becoming uh, the debut album. Brilliant. So it's And where did you get the name for the name of the band? I always be, I have to find that out. <laughs> I think it's uh, basically from a part of the song from a, the band Death Breath from Sweden. Gotcha. Okay. Because I've been yeah. Googling it, trying to work out. It was a movie quote, and I'm like, I can't find this. <laughs> I give, there's a, there's a, um, a lyric phrase like giving heads to the dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. And, and uh, I had this in mind, and then we um, taking this uh, heads for the dead, you know, but it's like a like a classical horror movie, Night of the Living Dead, or blah, blah, of the dead. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, so. Are you still watching modern, do you watch modern horror movies and get inspiration, or are you just only the older ones, do you think? The older ones are still the most inspiring ones, but I also uh, like newer ones. I um, Last year, I think I watched the, the new version of, uh, the second version of The Nun, Which was I haven't, cool. haven't seen it yet. No, that's on my list to do. I like I like those uh, newer movies who have a sort of uh, retro touch to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. um, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Thing, and you did The Thing, <laughs> yeah. and it was like, well, how could you? You, I was like, oh, how can this be done? And it was, yeah. Again, I'm always amazed by like that, you know. Just yeah. want to do. You should just do Nosferatu for me now, and everything will be done. <laughs> Yeah, um, you have good new movies too, but I think the, this is like a horror genre is a little bit like a death metal also. Well, the good stuff is already written. You know? Yes, yes, yes. The golden <laughs> eras, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, go the golden years have gone, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I, agree. I think I agree because um, like, like music with movies, when you've got that... Um, how do I say it, when you've got that sort of um, pioneering frontier, when people just, there is no, there's no rules, you just do what you want to do. And, and I think that's why now 
we'd say say make some music and most a lot of movies it's because it's now running to a formula because there's already been done so you don't get as that's why the older stuff i think is is free and more mad in some ways because it's, it's uncapped right you know with the older stuff i think it's more um no, it's a part of your, of your lifetime. You discover something, and then it's really interesting. Mm. And uh, you cannot um, reproduce this feeling anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when you've seen um, The Exorcist for the very first time, it's a magical, shocking moment. You cannot reproduce this feeling. But, but, yes. Uh, but you can um, transfer the feeling maybe in a in a new direction, in a new vibe, and giving a musical inspiration about it and develop your own ideas about it. So this yeah. is at least what we, what we try to do. Yeah, yeah. And in, in your other band, in, in, in um, Rot Pit, um, are you, I, I listened to that recently because you sent me the, the link to listen to. It's very, it's a, again, another sort of musical direction difference because it feels quite sludgy and and grimy compared to other ones that you've you've done is that is that deliberate move as well of course it was mm. uh, um being you know you have in um heads for that more the atmospheric elements mm. you have in flash more the melodic elements and rockpit is about the rawness it feels raw the, the guitar and, is very raw i love I, it i absolutely enjoy uh this um, kind of raw and cave on style of death metal. And yeah. uh, it's a uh, different energy and different vibe about it. And um, I think my vocals work there really good too, to adding some kind of uh, deeper elements to the soundscape. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very it's very cavernous. It has got, a, it has got that sort of, um, Cellar feel, right? You know, the cellar dwell yeah. feel. <laughs> you know, when we uh, when we did the rock pit stuff, it was um, let's say let's try out three songs being in uh, a style like old Finnish death metal. You know, like uh, old old demigod, the um, old abhorrent stuff, the pre amorphous stuff, and this craze or something more similar like this mixed with our way of. Uh, Swedish-British influences as well, and keeping this music uh, more not sounding like Revenant Flash, not sounding like Vumbas, more like yeah, more like uh, underground style. You know? And I think that's what that's what really took my breath away when I listened to it. I thought, God, just just take me back. It was like listening, being in my mate's Mark's lounge room in a as a kid in in London, putting him putting on. Uh, uh, Celtic Frost for the first time and going, what the, you know, like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> like, it had that feel, that real sort of very thick, big sound, you know? Yeah, there was, um, the idea was to do it uh, simple but effective, you know, the, we had first had a free song demo. Mm. This demo turned out really well, I got a seven inch version about it and then we did the, the first album same style but progressed in a different way more atmospheric some more melodic elements in it but still raw to the bone and yeah. now currently we're working already on the second album oh. and it's gonna be um more groovy more brutal and also with the cavernous elements so it will be the 
the next level of oh. rottenness. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's you're very good at that, at taking things to next levels. You're not you don't seem like listening to the the growth of Heads for the Dead and Revel in Flesh. Um, it doesn't stand still. It does change as it goes. And I think that's a really that's a good thing because you're not getting <clears throat> same old same old and i mean this you know the acdc thing where it's just the same thing over and over and over you know yes you know you have to uh see with heads for the dead it's um it's a pretty wide open possibility to do this kind of concept mm. we also have elements in heads for the dead which um the really narrow-minded old-school death metal fan don't like we have keyboards we have soundscape elements and we I have a, so, some modern touch to it but it's this uh, kind of concept gives you the possibility to to play with open cards, new ideas, and mm. uh, gives us the chance to do a release where you don't know what to expect. Yes, yes, and that's and what I'm, that's what I love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, of course, in some way, when you're uh, when you're playing in a band like uh, Revel and Flash, Wombas, like Johnny, they are always connected with this kind of Swedish kind of death metal and when you musician you're sitting always in the same box and people expect you to, to sound something similar like this but uh, for being the active part of it I think for everything I do I try to um, reinvent myself with new ideas bringing uh, new elements to it and progress within the boundaries that are possible yeah I think that's good art though isn't it I mean I'm sure um, you know, there's a lot of bands out there that, that feel trapped within their because they, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You do something different, the hardcore fans have a go. You, you don't do something different, you don't get the other audience. You know, it's it's a, it's a bit of a it's a tough decision. Um, but it's you know it it's metal and and metal, metal fans are sometimes. Um, uh, less flexible. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so to, to, yes, I've heard that. But you know, take a look at Iron Maiden. Always using the same cover artist. You're yeah. in the same way, but it works for the people. The band progresses with its boundaries, of course. But they always have the same look, and you know what you get. Yes, you know what you so, get. Exactly. That's why I love Maiden. Exactly. Yes. Price in there, but you know that it's. You sign the deal with it when you buy. When you buy <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly yeah. right. It is, um, but they've done it. They've done it. Very, like, I love Maiden because I love progressive music, right? And uh, uh, and they've slowly introduced it <laughs> without anyone yeah. actually ever knowing. <laughs> of course, you know, with um, with Revel and Flash, with each album, we use the same cover artist, like uh, Mr. Castellano from Spain. Yeah. And when you have all albums lying in front of you is like a huge landscape. Oh. It's all the same artist and it's, uh, you know, it's the trademark thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I love the, like, the, the last it, cover. You, you see it, you recognize it. It's like, um, this is really a similar concept thing like Iron Maiden, like Cannibal Corpse, like uh, Eamon Amas is also a band dealing with the same settings. And yeah. um, it's a take it or leave it thing. But uh, the good thing, I can do this with Revenant Flash, with Feds for the Dead, I can do something 
uh, totally different. And with Rockpit, I do uh, things looking nasty. You're so lucky in that respect, you know. Hey, speaking of um, uh, uh, logos and, and continuity, I I actually like the old, you know, the old Heads for the Dead logo that was all entwined, looked like worms and things. And then you went yeah, like here yeah. with the more traditional. The, 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 you mean the hand-drawn logo? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, this logo was done back then from Mark Riddick, who also has done the Revenant Flash logo. Um, the idea was that we go for a standard lettering logo to um, avoid the typical thing of being a death metal band from the right few, you know? Got you, yes. Uh, and also to, to have it a little bit different than the Revenant Flash stuff. Yes, yeah. And uh, I think when we released the Serpent's Curse album from um, Heads for the Dead, the artwork itself was really something challenging for people because they seen it and they thought, is it a horror movie? Is it a doom album? Is it a gothic album? Is it a black metal album? Or is it maybe a death metal album? You know, it was uh, open for many categories and it's made it really, really interesting for people. Yeah, especially. Yeah, I like the death metal thing, not many um, bands at this point worked so far with uh, Studio Panka from Barcelona. And I think we really had um, a refreshing element to it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Your artwork is uh, also with the artwork. Um, with the, uh, I was going to say, I was going to say that this one, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see it? Hang on. Just slash and roll. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is the one I get the most comment on. I've got all your T-shirts, but when I wear this one, this is the one I get the most comment on. People, people absolutely either look at it and get a bit like, oh, "What are you wearing?" or they like they love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit um, looking like um, like a rock and roll design, you know. Mm. It could yeah, be it yeah. could be a Ramon's shirt or something. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's my favourite one. I wear, I wear all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And when you when you um, where do you go from here with Heads of the Dead? Have you got a new a new album coming out? Are you working on new material for that? Um, Johnny has already written like. Um, 10 new ideas for a possible new full-length album. Uh, each song based on uh, a specific movie. Oh. <laughs> uh, it will be a return to the classical horror movies. Not, uh, not one specific thing, the whole album, different movies, but all rooting in the classical stuff. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, again, yes. it's, it's what you do well. Um, we have the, Johnny has already written the basic songwriting. Um, lead guitars, solos are still missing. And it will be a mixture between um, In the Absence of Faith, The Great Conjuration, but also with more um, atmospheric to it and some surprising elements as well. Brilliant. I have so far no, no lyrics. I'm um, collecting ideas where to sing, where, um, which parts works for me for 
uh, doing verses and stuff like this. Mm. I always have the ideas when, you know, when I go f um, walking and stuff, I have on headphones to get into the ideas and write down the lyrics and, oh. Yeah, I, I, I was one of the things I, I love words, I like writing, but I, I play very badly at the bass, but I could never write a song. <laughs> I always put the pen on paper and I always feel that I'm making it sound, um, how to say the word, it just sounds like, I don't know, just terrible rhyme after terrible rhyme when I put the pen to paper. So when people like you can write lyrics and it just, it's just, I'm always amazed by it, you know. Well, you, you simply have, um, to do it, to do what you feel the whole yeah. song. And yeah. uh, let's see where this uh, new album will go. It's still a long way, but um, we're into it. So brilliant. And would that be on Pulverized Records this time around again, like the EP? Will be, um, it will be our next release as well on Pulverized Records. Yeah. We uh, will give them a full length album as well. And this uh, in the absence of faith was the first release on pulverized records it was um, good progress for us and um, we are up to uh, doing a new challenge on their label yeah because it's, it's a good label I, I I mean I like stuff off transcending obscurity they have some crackingly have... interesting bands on that label um, but it was it was interesting when you moved I didn't it was a surprise to me that you'd moved to Pulverized. The, the thing is, um, the deal with Kunal and Transcending Obscurity was fulfilled. We um, had a good cooperation. He helped us a lot to build up the band and to get a good basic together. And I think the logical step for us was um, trying out a new business partner, a new setting. and. Um, the good thing for us is with Pulverized Records, they are uh, main distributor in uh, Europe is um, in Germany. It's um, Katschel from uh, who also did uh, the Revenant Flash album. Mm. So they have uh, a main distribution here in the um, middle of Germany. So for the European stuff, they have the um, nuclear war now in the States where people can buy their stuff. And they have their own shop in Singapore, so it's um, easier to to get stuff. It is because um, I, when I ordered your last the EP, I got it from the Singapore because it's closer to Australia. It came very quickly. It was nice. Yeah. It was not like we have to wait three months. You know, it just it was almost here. <laughs> yeah, um, we really had a good cooperation with Kunal and Transcending Obscurity. Um, it was simply the thing moving on to something new and giving something new a chance to uh, to grow on both sides. Yeah, and I'm, I really hope you do because, you know, I think that bands like you, not just Heads for the Dead, but Revel in Flesh, Rock Pit, these are bands that are the basis of the of the of the movement, isn't it? You know, we all got our slip knots and our Iron Maidens and our blah blah blahs, but the, it start it has to start. It has to be underground to grow up, right? Like, of course, I think um, you know you have to see to see the facts. We, the facts for that, it's a studio project. Mm. It's, we do studio recordings. We don't do live performance. It's really hard nowadays to keep a band growing when you don't play live. Yeah, I know. That's one of those things that I'm never going to get to see you live. It's like ah. so, um, the thing is. You have to 
the promotional process before the album gets released and then you have the release process and after two months after the release the album will be going into the um, into the abyss, so to say, yes, because yes. because there is so much stuff coming up uh, next, and when you don't play live, you you don't keep the circle going. So, but all we can do with heads for that is doing new stuff, doing better stuff, and um, getting people to listen to the music and let the music itself speak. So yeah. I think I think with you as well, particularly, it's a word of mouth. You know, the, if someone loves something, they'll tell someone else. Got to get this record, listen to this. And I suppose with the world of streaming now, it's much easier for people to just dive in quickly and go, "I like that." You know. I think um, you have to see it like this. We released um, in the meanwhile three albums with Fats for that and two mini albums it's uh, for a very short period of time mm. uh, it's really growing we see that it's growing so um, a new album will be the next logical step and also the next uh, step on reaching more people mm. so but yeah. this scene and the, the media stuff is always changing which each year and it's always um, a different way to reach out for people yeah 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 i mean do you do you, um i mean obviously you have your we can listeners can find you on your facebook page and your bank camp bank camp page and i think pulverized records on there as well you can go and buy your, your lovely product from there um but uh do you like do you think that you would grow if you could play live do you think you would grow bigger like quicker do you think of course, of course, it mm. would be. Um, I think this would be a really much bigger band if you would have played live. Yeah, because uh, you know, it attracts it as elements for for a classical death metal fan, but also for people being more into the horror stuff. You yes, know? and I think this uh, this has the capacity to reach more people. Absolutely, mm. sort of that. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of us out there that love horror movies, and they also like our death metal. So, it's nice to mix the two. I mean, obviously, a few bands do it. You, you know, it's quite a, um, a comp competitive subgenre. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, you do it with more lan and more style, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's um, you know, when you listen to our stuff. It's like uh, like bands like Fulci or um, Necrophagia. Mm. You really, that those are freaks into. Oh freaks. God, yes. So, and uh, in the end, it's for freaks, you know. <laughs> I like Fulci because I like the way that Fulci has a lot of instrumental work yeah. in, in their work. I quite enjoy the the you know because I only like Goblin, right? You know, and so um, it's nice to hear music that's sort of modern goblin in that respect <laughs> yes yeah and also uh, necrophagia has also been a big influence in um doing this kind of stuff yeah you can hear it as well it, it, it's there which is which is really fantastic um, yeah so are you playing live with rock pit around are you coming got some live gigs for that rock pit um have not played live but you never know. I think it's um, it's much easier to give um, 
to bring Rodbit on stage than uh, Heads for the Dead. You yeah, know, locally. Rock yeah. music is more, um, more uh, like a classical rock lineup, you know? Mm. Yeah. What you need to perform. And you never know what happens, but uh, I think it's more possible to see uh, Rock Pit than Heads for the Dead. Yeah. So, I, could just so imagine, I could just imagine Heads for the Dead at, at Vakun. It'd be amazing. <laughs> it'd just be, it'd be outstanding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was I think, dream. You know, so sometimes, um, it's good to have sometimes music which you can only listen at home or on headphones and true true you, you know some sometimes um the beatles did it when a live show can't fix the imagination you have then you ruin the band yes yeah yeah and uh, you know with uh, the sets for the dead you have a lot of um these movie elements and these samples and stuff and it's more like um a circus comes to town, and uh, you can't do this with underground band, you know. No, you exactly what you need. You need big video <laughs> projectors, and yeah. <laughs> it's more like a circus comes to town, and this uh, doesn't work, you know. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, oh, fantastic. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the hearing eventually the new new stuff. But uh, honestly, um, Ralph, I just love your work. I, I'm really pleased to have a chat with you. It's been one of, I'm really, it's one of my. Highlights of my year so far. This and thank you very much. The year, the year has just started, so I'm yeah, happy, so. It will be. It will be. Trust me. It will be. <laughs> but um, have you ever have you ever been to Australia yourself? Have you come over to this part of the world? No, not really. I have never been um, to Australia or Asia. No. no. You. I think you'd enjoy it. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. It's hotter. There are still many places of the world I haven't seen, so yeah. um, yeah. I, I can um, check this list. So <laughs> yeah. one day, one day, you never know, right? And if you're ever over here, you must let me know because we'll we'll have to catch up and have a beer. It'll be nice. <laughs> Good German beer. <laughs> yeah, this would be really, really nice. Huh? Yeah. Well, Ed, thanks for chatting to me tonight today. I really, really enjoyed it. I know mean, it's been difficult. You being in Germany, me being in Australia, and you worked very hard and. Um, it's not easy to, to run a music life and to live a normal life because you've got to pay bills, right? It's not easy. Mm. I really enjoyed it and thanks a lot, man. No, pleasure, man. I'm really looking forward to new stuff. I will. I really do hope that the listeners to the show um, do go back into the back catalogue because I did a review of The Great Conjuration when it came out. Actually, speaking of which... One of my um, one of my quotes from one of my reviews is on the front cover of your on a sticker. Okay, of great. The great conjuration. It's okay. the top one, and it says heads of heads of the dead. Yeah, the top of the the top quote. Really? Yes. Okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Metal rooms. I have. I've got the vinyl. Yeah, yeah. So have I. <laughs> I love all my. I've got them all. I love them. So they It's again such a nice package. You pull it out. The trouble with anything these days is you go, oh, it comes in six colours. What colour? I have to get four of them. <laughs> it's it's, um, it's uh, the problem. There have been five colours. Okay, you know, yeah. it's uh, it has been done 500 pieces, um, 100 colour each, uh, 100 pieces each version. Yeah. And the people tend to buy uh, colours. Yes, yes. 
Personally, when I buy vinyls, I often buy the, the standard black one. Oh, well, yeah, I do. I, I, I'm, I collect a good, big, big vinyl collection, and I'll have, if you do it in black and color, I buy both. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but you know, the freaking thing is, you really have um, people who want all versions. You have freaks out there who need all versions and, and stuff. It's, it's really freaking me out uh, because I have a huge music collection too, but I only have like five to ten albums where I have different versions. So yes. I have to say certain bands will do that. Like Maiden, I buy every version. Like, you know, Judas Priest, I'll buy every version. Like, so you have like a, a whole uh, living room full of Maiden stuff. So I do. <laughs> Because I think I think collecting all Maiden stuff is probably financially the biggest nightmare you can have. So. Oh, I've got a friend of mine who's a massive Maiden fan. Lives and uh, Matt. He's a friend of the. He's listened to the show, and his collection blow your mind. You like if you got he did a video of his collection. I jaw was on the floor. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> he's got he's got everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then you know that's his thing. But he's got covered in Maiden tattoos, and that's his. That's his love, right? So, you know. Of course, it's um, <laughs> it's being a metal maniac to the bone. So yeah, he is. He, he definitely is. He definitely, he definitely is. But uh, anyway, we better better wrap it up because it's getting late here, and you probably need to rest because we worked so hard recently. But um, again, thanks for chatting. And uh, and I'll put the I'll put all the um, links to all of your paid um, your merch stuff in the in the show notes below, so people can. Hear it, look it, click on it, and buy some of your lovely stuff. Right. Thanks, man. That's all right, man. You're right. Okay. Nice thank to you. you. Yeah, man. Thank you, and have the rest of your day. All right. Have a good day. You too. Right. Bye, mate. Bye. Bye. So, guys, that was Ralph Halber from Heads of the Dead. What a great interview that was. I really enjoyed that one. Um, as we said at the beginning, you know, English is not his first language, but he did really, really well. Had so much fun with that. Um, as I said, I'm going to leave links in the show notes to get to all their lovely merch, um, where to listen to them, um, and some. I'm going to put in there some um, some recommendations as well. If you enjoyed listening to him chat to me, do go back and listen to my episode of, of which I reviewed The Great Conjuration, and I also did um, In the Absence of Faith. Anyway, bye for now. Thanks for listening. See you next time.